For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Plan your match day with our GPS travel planner, taking you to the best pubs, restaurants and hotels, home and away. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. I went to bleed and resist was on the 9th of June 1862 on a summer's afternoon I took the bus for Bamberg's and she was heavy laden Away we went to Lang Collinwood Street, that's on the road to Bladen Oh land, you should have seen us getting Passing the boats along the road just as they were getting There were lots of lads and lassies there, always smiling faces Getting along the Scotswood Road to the scene of Bladen Races Hello and welcome to CHN Radio, episode 141. It is 4.06 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, just before Atlanta United kicks off for Elijah. But we are here, and, and for me, 112 degree heat in the Las Vegas sun, to talk about Watford 2, Newcastle 1, and to join me to, to just divulge into the greatness that was that terrible match. It was so terrible, it was great. The best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. Yes, I'm here. I'm happy. And I like to say this, I'm not surprised. I think we both talked about how we struggle against lower table sides. And I actually have a stat. Shout out to Andy that we'll get into stats. Like, Newcastle are, are not good against lower league sides. Not lower league. Well, honestly, yeah, lower league sides as well because we struggled in the, the FA Cup against them. Um, but they aren't good Any, against Anyone sides. lower in the table than us. <laughs> yeah, we just can't. We have no way to beat them. Um, so, I mean... Honestly, not that surprised. I think it was it was disappointing, but not because we lost, but because like the team definitely just could have won that game. Like it was that's what was disappointing about it was like you could have won, but we'll talk about all that later. For now, the important thing, Greg, a very important thing is that one people follow me on Twitter. I think that's that's something mm. that needs to happen. It will enhance your life. You will become a better person because know, you you're said- following me on Twitter. Just the other day, you said not to follow you because your tweets are bad. Yeah, but that now I've got new clout because I had a tweet that went off today. I had a banger today, so mm. um, that has given me like new perspective and new thought. And so the new thought and new perspective is that everyone should, in fact, follow me on Twitter. Um, also follow at ch and underscore radio. You guys have been killing it, interacting with the account. So yeah, keep it up. Retweet. Tell your friends to follow if you if they aren't. And of course, follow the main account at Coming Home in UFC. Andy has been killing the Twitter game in the morning if you're in the UK. And then I kind of take over in the evening, um, UK time, afternoon, American time. And th- this tag team is brilliant. So you want to you don't want to miss in on this content. And Greg, you know what else they need to do? Well, they you know do. what else they need to do? They need to check out the site because mm. the site has been going bananas recently um for one first and foremost i think it's it's important to recognize that i brought back the previewing the unpreviewable the previewing the unpreviewable series which is a joke series that's really fun and it already triggered some people so that is alone worth um looking at i guess uh andy hayes wrote a really good article on um this morning about kind of like what it what it means i don't know it's it's hard to explain but just know it was really good you should read it. and of course graham's match report is up and andy hayes uh also just still killing the game uh released an interview with gavin peacock that 
is a must read. So um, mm-hmm. definitely read all of those stuff, all those things. Um, and uh, that's all I got, Greg. I guess people can follow you on Twitter, but like, I mean, you know, that's a, uh, it's kind of lame. That's kind of lame. Uh, Don't do it. Okay, I won't. Simple. Uh, yeah. So uh, today's been an interesting one. Then um, you are listening to this on a lovely Sunday because we're releasing it a day early because. We're nice. We're nice people. Um, yeah. And it's it just wasn't fun. And now now it's at the point, like, <laughs> for me, like, I want Newcastle to win every match. I shouldn't have predicted them to win this one. I was thinking about it watching, and I was like, come on, why did I say we'd win 2-0? Like, that was so, like, just naive of me. Yeah. That. Uh, but I, I obviously love for Newcastle to win every match. But in a time where the pandemic is hurting retail wallets – and mm. every spot lower in the Premier League we finish hurts our owner's wallet. Combine the two. Um, I know there's other things going on right now. But, uh, you know, just whatever. We're safe. Uh, but I hope we do win the rest of our game still. So Yeah, I, I mean, this gave me a very much vibe. And I got it wrong when I tweeted this from the main account today that, like, everyone was dogging Steve Bruce for the lack of motivation for the players and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, Yes, I get that, but it gave. But this is also was like this isn't the first time this happened, and it wasn't under C. Bruce when it happened. Rafa, this happened our first season back in the prem, where the like everyone was like the players have gone to the beach. I had never heard that phrase until then. Uh, it's British. Mm-hmm. We don't say that in America. I, I don't know why. Maybe we just don't say it in Georgia because people don't go to the beach. Um, well, they don't go to any beaches in Georgia. But anyway, that season that was 2017-2018, Newcastle's last five matches. Greg, how many games do you think we won? For, say, say the question again. So, the last five matches of the 2017-2018 season, how many matches do you think we won? Yeah, so that's our first season back in the Prem under Rafa. Five? You're saying that's how many you think we won? Four. No, <laughs> we went 1-0-4. Oh, uh, so, okay. same thing. Players just... I- just stopped caring <laughs> once yeah, we got safety. Three, four years ago. That was three years ago. Yeah. Yes, I'm but talking. Last year they we snapped. Yes, and the season before we did. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm. Like it was one of those. Like the players just like it was. And that's when I first saw it. it. Was like we got safety, and then after that, the players were like, "All right, well, the season's over." And that was it. And I'm pretty sure the only game we won was the last game of the season. And that was against Chelsea. So. All that to say, this was a. I'm not surprised. I wouldn't blame it completely on Bruce. I think it's a little bit of fatigue. It's. I mean, sorry, the attitude of the players. I wouldn't completely blame on Bruce. I think it's a little bit of fatigue. I think it's a little bit of just the craziness that's going on, and just the security knowing you're safe, knowing mm-hmm. that you gotta then prepare for a season that starts in September. So I get it, but still, the mentality has to be better. Um, you want to close out and finish out the season strong, not struggling against Watford, who, uh, well, looks like they'll probably be in the Premier League next season. So we'll we'll see him next year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll see him twice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's get to three words. Um, after every match, we do this three words. Uh, ask you to put in your three words, and then uh, we'll read them on the podcast. And we got a bunch. Yeah, you um, might want to fast forward. Through. <laughs> yeah. Well, unless you want to hear yours, your, your name. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll start with the first one from Adam P. Tate. 
uh, on the beach. Um, I just said that. Huh? I just said that on the beach. The players on the are beach. on the beach. Yeah, that's what they were doing. They were on the beach already. Um, Graham Bell, what up, Graham? Said oh. second half surrender, and then have to call this out. Zach Pensack said mentally in Ibiza, but he does not know how to spell Ibiza. Ibiza. <laughs> he spelled it wrong. So calling out Zach Pensack for that. Well, you know, and that, another reason why we're better Google than the false it. nines, we can spell. Yeah, we can spell. Yeah, we're yep. going to get that rivalry going. Yeah. Um, Elijah Newsom oh. says, a damn shame. Trevor I had to get Mooney. it started. <laughs> Trevor Mooney said, Bruce, he's still shite. Don, what up, Smith Ultra? Uh, said he's he's down for a tattoo by the way. Uh, Don says they gave up. Louis Akers says Bruce equals cabbage. Ohio tune ninety not forty five. Two rash challenges podcast. What's up guys? Uh, or yeah, it's two guys. Yeah, we should I've do a joint with them. Like a, well, yeah. sorry, not a joint, but a joint pod. <laughs> go go listen to two rash challenges podcast. It's a good one. Yeah, it's like um, it's, it's it's solid stuff. Already on holiday, Joe Terry. Says gave them chances. Big Shell says Brucey Bum Boys. <laughs> Mr. Steal Your Worldwide says, Come on, guys, seriously. Mighty Mags, manager of the year. No scoring till Belmont. Absolute fucking shambles. John. <laughs> what up, John? Uh, typical under Bruce. Eric Stumanji says long share over Longstaff and a lot of question mark and explanation. Uh. We'll get into it. Um, we have Alex Passine, Mankio struggles mightily, Sandra Farn, uh, takeover needed now, King Kev says takeover confirmed Monday, Elijah, oh, can you confirm that? I can confirm, in fact, that it will be Monday or Tuesday wow. of next week before 5 p.m. British Standard I mean, Time. Ke- and his handle's at Kevin Keegan at UFC, so, I mean, it's a great he, source. He's in. He's gotten in. Yeah. <laughs> he knows. It's a great source. <laughs> um... DAJ says bye bye Villa, and then it looks like a Villa fan responded and says you've waited so long for this, and he said we all have mate. <laughs> uh, Andy says Holty and crying. Um, Barry Ryland says sacrifice Villa gone. Seeing the theme here. Danny Morris says sobering, sobering how dreadful. Can't read. Andy Keats says bye bye Villa. David Horn limitations of Bruce. And Jimmy Kelly says he's overachieved. IMO. <laughs> Trying to squeeze that in. Yeah, He yeah. threw an LOL in there, too. Yeah, so yeah I'm about to say, uh, it's a lot of words. Let's look at three. Um, Andrew Wells, flip-flops on. <laughs> the flip-flops, yes. I love the flip-flops. That's great. Nice, nice callback to Bruce's quote from last match. Um, Gary Cooney says, normal service resumed. Rob Turnbull says, what we deserved. J-O-P. Or Jop says, we've been bruised. Big lad. What up, big lad? Uh, Villa going down. Matt Burns. Embarrassing second half. MMC. Normal service resumed. Toon Army 90. Please happen takeover. Christian Phillip. Newcastle still safe. Paul. Already on holiday. Mighty Magpie 99 says, Bruce. Tactical genius. Always. Dean West. Not even surprised. Mac. Flip fucking flops. <laughs> Steve Lockie, not enough effort. F85, F57, Blake, Bruce's a donkey. Uh, Andy G, <laughs> passionless, disorganized shambles. 
Andy, our writer, pure fucking shite. Uh, David Campbell, effing fuming. Oh, F with the stars, period. Ing, period, fuming. Mm. Simon, Bruce is rubbish. Frank, Troy, fucking Dini. <laughs> Jamie Elliott, a lot of words. Not even going to read it. It's, uh, he, he put a paragraph in there. Uh, Rob Watson, pile of shite. Loading, pile of shite. <laughs> and Manic Street Teacher is wrapping this one up with tactical incompetent arsehole. <laughs> there we go. That I mean, is your epic three-word review. Thank you, Twitter, for always coming through on that. Yeah, and you guys have honestly killed the game. And it honestly, it puts a smile on my face because we've mentioned this. There have been some other accounts that shall remain unnamed that have that have tried to attempt to steal our bits. And it only has actually made like our engagement on three words and like our reactions with GIFs like go up. So shout out to you guys for being loyal and faithful and recognizing the, the OGs. The OGs. Um, yeah, let's keep that going. Uh, we'll try to read as all of them. If we get to the hundreds, maybe maybe we'll have to. Pick yeah, we'll have you. to. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, we can challenge ourselves. Oh god. <laughs> we'll just tell um, people to put it on like one point five speed at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, let's let's get into the lineups then. Uh, so this is this is the interesting part. Let me pull them up. Um, just delay. <laughs> I could have pulled them up so quickly, just yeah, letting everyone know I that, have you know, them now. All right, so why not? Dubravka, Dubravka, Mankio, Lascelles, Fernandez, Rose, then Cher, Shelby, St. Maximin, Almiron, Richie, and Gale. That's the starting lineup. On the bench was Darlow, Kraft, Yedlin, Bentelev, Matty Longstaff, Lazaro, Atsu, Muto, and Jolton. Elijah, take it away. I think first things first. First thing I noticed, obviously, is share. You know, share experiment once again. Um, it was for science. We had to make sure that you know he couldn't play CDM. Like it, we had to make sure that him not being able to play CDM wasn't just a Manchester City thing. That it was just like a general share can't do it. And and the, it, there is some mention that he played CDM at Basel, but again, Basel like the Swiss league. No offense to uh, to to Fabian Share or anyone who's who's Swiss. It's a different speed than, than the Premier League and a different level of physicality. And uh, so, you know, Cher was in the midfield. The other thing I that I'll say... I would say Mo Salah would disagree with you, but they he also played for Basel. <laughs> like, yes. anyone good plays for Basel. But that's true. But it's also just like being a CDM at Basel go, is, is not... Like, the oh, opponents yeah. are going against... Yeah, especially with... Yeah. The, the other thing is that you pick and choose your battles, right? Like... You're going up against one of the most athletic midfields in the Premier League. Like, the front three that they have are literally just, like, pure athletes. Like, they're all known for their speed, their their yep. pace, their strength. Troy Deeney aside, but that three that sits behind Troy Deeney. So, it's like, who in their right mind would think, let's play, like, a guy who plays center back, not the most athletic guy on the team. Let's put him at holding mid. But that's that's another conversation. But the other thing I'll say this, that the lineup, because I had no issues with the rest of the lineup, honestly. I mean, it was... Largely, it was largely unchanged from before. Um, it, it it made sense. Like it was, Richie was back in the team after taking a, a couple uh, taking a couple matches off. Making an ASM were back in the team. Like Dwight Gale, it. I mean, he kind of proved it's really hard not to start Dwight Gale. I was a little shocked that Steve Bruce didn't try to force Joe Linton. Like honestly, I had no issues besides share, but it was telling that like Newcastle like do really need like priority number 
two because I would say that left back is going to be solved. It's either going to be Danny Rose, it's going to be Jetro Williams, and that's going to be better than nothing. So I think that's yeah. going to be solved regardless of who the owner is, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. But central midfield, like whether it's a depth signing or whether it's just like you go out and you have to – I mean, you either have to make a depth signing at central midfield or you have to like go out and splash the cast and get like a not a world-class but an up-and-coming central midfielder because like you cannot – you cannot resort to, especially who plays specifically as a CDM. If your number one CDM goes down, it can't. You can't rely on Ben Celeb. Not. I mean, I have no issues with Ben Celeb as a person, but as a CDM, he's fine. But he he's not as defensive minded as Isaac Caden. And Fabian Scherer is, is not mobile enough to play in the midfield. Like it's the experiment's over. Like it's done. Um. So you have to do something there. And I mean, I honestly like you mentioned it earlier when we we're talking about transfer wish list maybe for january that central midfield was something that you you said we needed to focus on and i was like uh sure and now i'm like oh yeah greg is right because someone said maddie longstaff and i'm like i don't want maddie longstaff being relied upon to be the anchor of the midfield no offense to maddie longstaff yeah but you have to kind of feel for maddie here like apparently we're fighting for him to stay at newcastle but we're not playing him in meaningful matches so like that's I, yeah, I'd be pissed if I was Maddie uh, with these decisions. Like you're starting a center back in my position. Like, what what are you doing? Like this is not oh I, like unacceptable to him. I can so I feel bad. The sentiment. But um, things I just was happy about is like we got Saint Gucci, Amaran, and Lascelles back, so they came back, and then also noted Bentaleb didn't didn't start after his terrible performance against City. Um, but Graf then again, also Bentaleb. This since the restart has followed up every terrible performance with a decent performance. So maybe Bruce should have been thinking big brain and started him instead, knowing maybe. that he was going to get a decent performance. Yeah. Uh, also, Kraft and Yedlin were dropped. Kraft. Hopefully, it's not punishment. I mean, he played him in center back. Yeah. But yeah, that's just some some generic thoughts. <laughs> uh, so let's get into the match, shall we? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, let's do it. Uh, so it was Fabian Cher starting the midfield. That, that's like the first thing you look for, right? It's like, what's the formation um, and a share in the midfield? And it was. It was uh, LaSalle and Fernandez as the center backs, a 4-2-3-1 formation. St. Maximin on the right, Richie on the left, Almiron the 10. Um, we like the front, but we don't like the middle. almost back. The, yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, the middle. The middle. Uh, almost back <laughs> that yeah. part uh yeah and it was so how it started man like it like the first 10 minutes it was like uh it, newcastle were definitely the better team but uh it was mainly because watford just didn't know how to pass a, a ball right is that yeah. fair it's true um, and i also wanted to point out that i tweeted this i was like oh fabian shared in the midfield i see why he's playing there because like he was spraying balls all over the pitch like he was yeah he was crossing then he was playing through balls i was like oh okay this is cool boy was i wrong <laughs> yeah yeah that that changed um and then shortly after the like that like maybe 15 minutes in we had what could have been a beautiful goal saint maximin um oh no no, no that wasn't that was the shot that was saved by Foster was 15 yeah. minutes in. I, yeah, my, that was my, the Almero near up. post off the corner, yeah, yeah, yeah. which yeah, is yeah, like yeah, yeah. you just have That's to credit both I'm parties confusing. because 
Like it was a corner, it and it kind of fell fell to Miguel Amaron on the near post, and Foster like gets there. And yeah. The angle that Miguel's taking, it's like if he gets that shot on target and and the keeper is not able to get there, it's a goal, like a hundred percent of the time. But Foster is a complete reactionary save because he was initially tracking the cross and he was like not on the other side, but he's definitely towards the middle and he kind of immediately turned and was like, I need to cover this near post. So shout yeah. out to to Ben Foster. I mean. One of the more sure. underrated keepers in the league just doesn't really yeah. get talked about. And and Watford's still looking bad at this point, but they did get a really big chance uh, from well back. Uh, Lascelles made a made a got it just in time. The ball was on the line, according to Varv. Var, I said Varv. Varv. Uh, according to to Var, um, it was on the line, but Lascelles cleared it just in time. And then right after that, we got our goal. Uh, Gail now has more goals than Jolinton. Um. And, and less appearances. It was only his fifth touch of the game, too. I mean, that's it. That's what I like for my strikers. <laughs> like when they touch the ball, they score pretty much. Yeah. Um, the it was a corner that was curled in from Richie. Uh, Fernandez runs to the front post. Great run by Fernandez. He got got ahead of his man, and it was a great, even better flick towards the back post. Probably would have went in on its own, but Gale did the right thing there and, yeah. and made sure it went Security. in. Security. Uh, he cleaned, cleaned up, sweet cleaned up shop there. And got the goal, one nothing Newcastle. What's your thoughts? Three goals and five matches for Dwight Gale. Can't I can't complain. I mean, and this is as this is coming from someone who, if you're a listener of at least a year, you know I have made it my personal mention to slander Dwight Gale because I enjoy everything he did for us in the championship, but it's just frustrating watching him in the Premier League. And you know what? I gotta take it back. Like he yeah. he's been really good since the restart, and it has honestly and there's still moments that make you like be like, ugh, like why can't you finish? But then he also does like a lot of the little things right. And as a poacher, he he does he gets in the goal scoring positions and you, you can't be mad at him, especially because Newcastle are a team that tend to shoot the ball straight at the keeper. So if you've got a poacher like Gale out there lurking in the box, like it actually might be better for your offense than try to actually create goals from an open play. So yeah, shout out to Dwight. Uh, shout out to being there at the right place. I'm sure Fetty Fernandez does not mind uh, that that he got an assist instead of a goal. Like, he, at least in the moment. He, I mean, he probably still doesn't mind because, I mean, we lost. So, I don't think yeah. he's happy. Um, yeah, St. Maximin and Almiron were denied. Uh, well, Almiron, shortly after this, uh, St. Maximin, beautiful cross into the box, and Almiron just didn't get a touch. If he makes any contact, it's probably a goal. Uh, it, it was it was hard. It would have been a hard yeah. thing to get a touch on. It's not easy peasy, but it was a great cross by Gucci still. Um, so we could have easily been up 2-0 there. But Watford was just bad. Uh, like um, A couple of notes, so we'll do halftime, one nothing. A couple of notes is um, St. Maximin needs to get the ball more. He just, like, when he's on the ball, more shit can happen. And it's just, that's just how yeah. it is with Newcastle. Uh, so we need to draw up more access to him. And then also, shout out, Matt Ritchie, really good delivery in the first yeah. half. It was, and it was interesting because it was one of those things where the, the strategy that Steve Bruce had employed, you can kind of tell, was like, let's swing in balls. Because, to be fair, like, Watford's defenders, the back line could not handle crosses at all. Like, set pieces, corners, like, they were struggling to clear the ball every single time. Which is, I mean, honestly, why one of the reasons Newcastle scored that corner. And so, Richie's delivery stuff, it was key, um, especially having all those people in the box. The issue, though, 
which was like something that was like, all right, this is going to bite you in the butt because the issue though was like you need to have a target man or someone big in order to like it. It means nothing if they can't deal with the cross, but like no one's able to get any anything on it, and that happened multiple times where it's like a ball's in, it's good, they can't deal with it, but like we've got two guys jumping and it's sailing over their heads because we've started two guys who are like five nine <laughs> as 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 our people who are crashing the box so i mean yeah shout yeah. out to richie it was it was great delivery by him and i think you're spot on about the asm thing i can't believe this i can't remember if this is beginning of the second half or the end of the first half but there was this one just like nice little touch that um javi Mankio had and he sent it up the pitch to alan st max but he just completely torched their entire back line it was like one-on-one with the keeper and like i think he tried to lay it off instead of shooting and it just kind of it just it was a remarkable save by Ben Foster. Again, great match yeah. for him. Like if that, you want to go man was, of the um, match, that was the end of the first half. Yeah, if you want to go man yeah. of the match for Watford, it's it's him because he yeah, sure. kept a minute. Um, but that's just he's so dangerous, and it's it's going to be fun to see. Or it was you can also say Javier Minkio played played a big bit. Oh yeah, good match for Watford. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for, for Watford. Um, but, but, uh, I don't know. It, it was just nice to see. And I, I mean, it makes me excited that like Miguel Amarone and Alan C. Maxman are both growing in confidence, which can only bode well for Newcastle going forward. If both of those guys start, you know, still feeling confident going forward, it, it's a good, it's a good core to build around. Um, so yeah, those are my first half thoughts. You kind of hit it right on the head. Alrighty. Uh, let's go to the second half. Um, second half was no changes there. And then we had this penalty. We got to talk about it because it went to VAR and I didn't think it was going to be overturned. I mean, I mean, I thought it was going to be overturned Mm -hmm. because I didn't think it was a penalty. Uh, it was, it was definitely so like Richie shouldn't have like jumped into that. So basically what happened is, uh, it was Kiko who went down. He collided with Richie, and it was like a weird decision. Um, but it was like a weird, like Richie shouldn't have jumped into it, I guess. But it, it's not a penalty. There was no like. Yeah, it was a weird decision. I, I, I think the, the weirdness agree. was because Kiko clearly had already lost possession of the ball. Like a tackle had been made, and he lost possession, and like he was just kind of like flailing himself towards the ball. Matt Richie, like. And I think part of it's like I don't I don't really blame Richie for even going in because he came in like literally milliseconds after the ball had already kind of been won. So it's like he was going to try to make a tackle and he actually in the slow mo it looks like he tries to tries to pull himself back and literally their knees knock. And so it's like Yeah. It was very incidental and I kinda of tweeted this out, but it's like I mean it's incidental, it seems accidental, but it's contact in the box and like like the 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 lay of the law or the law of the land is, I mean, contact in the box. Like if it's, if it's iffy and they see contact in the box, they're just going to stick with the pen. And because it was called a pen, it was going to be hard to overturn it um, and justify Mm -hmm. overturning it. So it's unfortunate. But at that time, Newcastle still were like looking like they could easily, you know, kind of like the Villa match where it's like we went down, but like it still looked like we were going to score eventually. And at that time, it looked like we were going to score. And like, okay, what, whatever. We'll just score and win two one. Yeah. Well, yeah, sure. That's exactly how it works at Newcastle. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we're so good that yeah, well, whatever. It's tied. We'll just win this. Uh, but yeah, Dini stepped up, nailed it. One uh, one at that point. And so at the sixty minute 
Mark, it was still 1-1, but we were kind of fortunate that it was still 1-1. Fernandez made a brutal mistake and gifted Dini a golden chance, golden ticket to score, but Dubrovka, how about that save there? I mean, big stop by him, keeping it level. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Newcastle was just really bad for the first 15 minutes of that that restart. Um, Then we had uh, the weird uh, own goal ruled out after – Say Maximin being offside, and he was barely like, offside. It was very it was barely. Um, it like Say Maximin tried to play Gale in the overlap, and Dawson slid in to put it in his own net, and and they said that the flag went up, and it's just like he must have been like that like and, and even the angles they had on the it broadcast so were close. just like they were like so inconclusive. That it was like I can't, I'm just like I I'm just guessing VAR has a better angle than whatever the hell NBC Sports yeah. Gold had because whatever they <laughs> showed was just like this was it wasn't even like the right time to pause they were just like all right well yeah I think he's offsides and it's like after he has the ball at his feet and they're like yeah this is the screenshot we're gonna go with so yeah. I mean I, I don't know Ooh, sure that was close um, then then Richie came off for Jolinton and it was 15 minutes ago and it was like. Um, Watford were controlling the match, but we this is the match started to get open at this point. Yeah, um, I, I would still give the edge to to Watford, but like this is when things started to really like open up, and um, I think Jolinton played a good like there was a lot of attention on him. There's still a lot of attention on Jolinton, even though probably doesn't need it. Uh, more subs: Gale and Rose came off, Bentaleb and Kraft came on. Um, oh, we got a live uh, three words. Go. I didn't even know you could do that still. Um, <laughs> I'm, I, we're doing this recap, but if yeah. you find it, just say it. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, and then, okay. okay. It says, dinner time. This is from Black and White Bullocks, which is a great name. And it just says, dinner time away south. I don't know if that was worth stopping the, the podcast okay. for. So. Uh, so we'll just move on then. Yeah. Uh, so when Bentaleb and Kraft came on, we had a little formation change. Uh, Bruce C said, I'm trying to win this. So he put Jolinton up front. Mankio, our boy, went to to left back, and it looked like a wonderful 4-3-3 formation that we were trying to run. And then immediately after that formation change, remember how I was applauding Bruce making a change and then something working? Yeah. This was that opposite. We went to that change. Mankio moved to left back. Immediately gave up a penalty, <laughs> and it was a bad one. It was a bad uh, one, and, and definite penalty. And partially, and I will say this: I would not say it was bad because Mankio can't play left back. It was bad because the the time Steve Bruce implemented the formation change was just like the absolute wrong time to do it because like. Watch. We were Watford were in the final third, so like you were trying to shift your formation drastically, like and change your back line while Watford are like having a spell of possession in the back and on, on um sorry in, in the final third, and so like if you look at it, there's just a huge lapse of communication that happens that leads to Welbeck. I want to say is the one who who won the penalty. Welbeck just like being free and Javi Mankio getting beat. It was just like a just a massive lapse of communication. You had I, I want to say it was. Um, it might have been Cher who was like there was supposed to be someone who was supposed to be picking up Welbeck. It wasn't Cher who was supposed to be picking up. It was like someone who was supposed to pick up Welbeck from Cher and just didn't. And Mankio had to come inside from. It was it was a mess. And I don't know. It was an absolute mess. Again, not the best defending by Mankio, but it did start with the fact that we changed formation 
at just an inopportune time to do so. Yeah, definitely. Um, Dini went to the spot. It was, uh, you know, Dubrovka went the right way. And he went the right way, like almost saved that. He almost got it, yeah. but it, he didn't. Um, then some, more subs happened. Lascelles came off. It looked like he was hurt. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happened there. Lazaro came on. Cher was moved back into the defense. Um, he had an awful second half. And I'm like, that made me think, like, why did it take Lazaro so long to come on? Bruce must not like him. Simple. I, 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 that is my working theory is that, yeah, like, there, there's almost no justification for not because he scored two or three times, three, two, three times for Newcastle. It's since January. I just want to throw, like, not, not a bad goal scoring record. Obviously, a dynamic attacking player. I mean, to be fair, at being like who I am and knowing that like I want, I want an attacking threat off the bench. Like I'm fine with him being on the bench, but I would like for him to be used more. Um, yeah. And I do think that there's something. There's got to be something between him and Bruce because it it literally makes no sense at this point. Every single time he comes on and plays as a right mid, it it's usually very good. <laughs> and I could see there being yeah. some sort of attitude issue because. He ran it. He's Lazaro's had that at previous clubs, um, but I mean, I don't know. It's bizarre. Yep, it's bizarro. <laughs> I mean, you know, what? yeah. It, we'll we'll clap it up for that. That was that was impressive. It's quick. Uh, yeah. Witty. So that's that's the the end of the match. Um, it was awful for Newcastle. I think it wasn't it wasn't more of Watford played better. It was we just fell apart in that entire second half. Uh, share being in the midfield that has to be done now it has to be over that was it was not fun while it lasted and hopefully it's we just don't have to see it anymore um what are your thoughts i think that there's i mean i don't want to be that guy but i also because i i genuinely like steve bruce as a person i think he's a genuine guy it really loves his players but there's a there's a level of there's got to be a little bit of pettiness because how much he's he's uh he's kind of dog he's talked about um matty longstaff um, and how much, and, and we just talked about the Lazaro thing. There's got to be some sort of internal sort of factors he's he's taking in, into consideration when he's picking these teams because, like, share in the midfield just hasn't worked at all since the restart. Like, whether he's come on as a sub in the midfield to close out a game that was already won or whether he started a match, like, it just hasn't worked. And so at some point, you have to recognize that, like, you have to try a different option. And maybe... I'm giving Steve Bruce like too much credit. Maybe Steve Bruce is literally not tactically smart enough to do so, but I'd like to believe he's smart enough to recognize that something's not working and he has to change it. That being said, if Matty Longstaff and the Bill Bentaleb are your only fit midfielders, you change the system to compensate for that. So maybe you have to go back to a back three. And to be fair, a back three with an attacking mindset would have worked against Watford. But you have to do something to get to get actual midfielders playing in a midfield role. It, it's it's absurd. It's ridiculous that Cher's still in the midfield in the name of science. But again, like you said, I hope the experiment's over. Um, and like you said, we we beat ourselves in this match. Um, when you give up two yeah. goals and their penalties, that's that's just a, a tried and true method. Like you beat yourself. Um, yep. it, it was unfortunate. I mean, good for Watford. Uh, and I and I guess the only thing I'll say to kind of close out this recap is, in the midst of 
Newcastle looking awful. Newcastle fans still found a positive from this, and that is that we have helped the case for Aston Villa to be relegated. So, I mean, shout out to us uh, for throwing that match intentionally so that Aston Villa could get relegated. So, yeah, it's big brains by Bruce, actually. Yes, who says that, uh, you know, that... Bruce isn't a tactical genius. You know? And you know what it was? Got, it was it was revenge. It was revenge. Yeah. He was like, you fired me, you got promoted, so now I'm at a team in the prim, and I'm going to get you relegated. So, yeah. wow. Big brain Bruce. There it is. <laughs> um, okay, so let's, let's take a break, and then we'll get into, quote, stats, wrap things up on that end. Sound good? Mm. Good. You, actually, I don't even know why I asked, because you guys don't have a choice. Uh, we're going to take a break now. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Our chat system connects the Newcastle community with its public forums for supporters globally, as well as private chats with your mates. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. All right, so let's uh, let's talk about some quotes. What do you think Brucey said? Did he talk about flip flops? Oh God, he probably said he probably said something along the lines of "We were good in the first half, and then we let the second half get away from us," or something stupid like that. Like common sense. He said decisions are meant to be clear and obvious, but the penalties look remarkably soft to me. Okay, all right. (laughs) Okay, timeout. The second penalty just was a penalty. I get you on the first one, but the second one, Mankio grabs Welbeck like. And, like, literally hugs him to prevent him from, like, okay, I'm sorry. I just had to mention yeah. that, like, that was the second one. is definitely a penalty. Yeah. He said, it was just what Watford needed. You may call us naive, but I feel they were very soft. This is the fourth call like this in a few days. The first was softer than the second. To lose a game in this manager is difficult to accept. Uh, I thought our first half performance was excellent. St. Maxim enforced a good save from Ben Foster that could have made it 2-0 and they needed a shot in the arm. I thought it was the only way they could beat us through set pieces. The first penalty gave them a lifeline. Whether we were naive or they were soft, I'll let the others make the judgment. We're not getting the decisions, in my opinion. This comes after Newcastle uh, started the restart um, by getting a red card, and for the first time in, I believe, years, have had had two back-to-back red cards. Uh, yeah. uh, and then, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I get it, but see, Bruce has been awarded more set pieces and fouls and things like that than I, I can rem- I can remember from any sort of Newcastle manager in the past six or seven years. So I just can't agree with that sentiment that we aren't getting. I mean, yes, but it feels like this season we're getting more of the calls. This was the first time we were awarded a pen all season. So I don't know what he's on about. Like, not awarded. Like, a pin was given against us all season. That was the first time it happened. So, yeah. I don't know. The world's not out to get us this season, at least. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Uh, so, some stats for you. Uh, we're, we're a last away matches against Brighton. Um, and we have scored 18 Premier League goals away from home. And that is the same amount we scored in 17-18 and 18-19. So if Brighton shuts us out, then we just score 18 goals on the road in the Premier League, apparently. Um, Dwight Gale, his, we mentioned, uh, third Premier League goal of the season. All have came post-COVID. Um, and uh, it's our 10th top flight visit to Vicarage Road. And we still haven't won there. Mm. 
Yeah, I was about to say five draws and five losses. We, in in our last nine, we've won against Wofford. We've won once. Mm. It, I think That's they are good. just our bogey team. Maybe. Uh, what's um, what's some stats for you? That that was the only stat I really had. I mean, you said you had a good one from Andy. Oh yes. Oh, now I have to pull it up. Now I just <laughs> forgot to pull it up completely. Oh man, That's fine. this is this is embarrassing. I, oh, I can uh, I can stall. No, it's um, it's so, not going to be necessary oh. to stall because I've got it pulled up. Um, so okay. this is our record against Norwich Villa and Wofford. We've played them six times, and by the way, this is these are our relegation fodder. I mean, played them six times. We've won none. We've drawn three times. We've lost three times, and they've scored nine goals against us. Those three. Yeah. So, uh, yikes. That's uh, that's our stat. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> um, so, expected goals. Watford had 3.13 expected goals. Newcastle, 1.49. Um, and so, that's not obviously ideal. Uh, who do you think led – you always like these questions, Elijah. Who do you think led Newcastle in expected goals? I don't know. I'm going to guess it's it's Miguel Amiron. No, he finished third. How, okay, I don't understand how this works. I just – Dwight I Gale. It. Oh, oh. Dwight Gale. Oh, but he scored. I mean, think, think about his goal. That was an expected goal. Like, he was right there in front of the net, no keeper. So, he had 1.07 expected goals. He got his one. Um, leading in expected assists, which same play. That's my hint. Okay, um, who swung in that corner? Oh, Federico Fernandez would be yes. the assist because it. Yep. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But I feel like the last time I did this, it was like the person who scored didn't have the most expected goals, and I was confused. It was the Burnmouth, and I was like, it's obviously such and such, because they scored, and they had, like, three shots on target, but it was just not. So I, I still don't understand this stat, so maybe we'll have to get some other stats nerds to come on and explain it to me. Yeah, we can do an off-season podcast on that. Oh, yeah. Um, our, our, our but shots on target, um, five came from Watford, four from us. Um, PPDA was pretty good on both sides. Uh, it was... Newcastle allowed 12 passes in their defensive half. Watford allowed six, which is not good for us. Yeah. Um, and Watford expected 2.5 points to our 0.35. So Watford, even the expected stats said, second half was so bad that they said, yeah, Watford deserved three points from this. Um, so that's that's that. Uh, going to 538, how they project the rest of the season is going to go for us. Do you think it's going to relegated be well? <laughs> relegated. Um, so that's impossible. That's the good news for us. Yeah. Sorry, Norwich. Uh, um, it was. Thanks for coming. Well, five thirty-eight is saying that Liverpool will not reach hundred points. I don't think they will either. I mean, didn't they draw today against Burnley? They did. Yeah. 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 Need uh, you got. Uh, they that. think Newcastle will finish. So we've dropped points. Uh, two a week ago, they said we finished with forty-eight. Now they're saying forty-five. So we'll only get two more points the rest of the year. Um, and that will put us in 14th place. Still ahead of Brighton, but behind Crystal Palace and Southampton. Um, we now have a one uh, less than 1% chance of finishing 10th, and we cannot finish above 9th. That is your 538 stuff. Um, I'm telling you, we're going to lose your... We're gonna lose the next, what, three ma- two, two matches? 
and then wait, we're gonna we're basically gonna lose all our matches and then beat Liverpool five nothing. That's just <laughs> it's just bound to happen. Um, who is your best? We'll start with best player and then we'll do worst. Man, um, this is actually if there is a best player, Fabian. No, no. Um, I, honestly, I this hasn't happened in a while. It used to happen all the time, but I'm going to go, and it's a weird one, I'm going to go Martin Dubrovka, because okay. Watford definitely could have scored like from open play a bunch, and Dubrovka came in pretty clutch. Um, that game could have easily been 4-1, 3-1. I also just wasn't that impressed with anyone else. I mean, obviously you have the usual suspects in Miguel Amaron and Alan St. Maxman, but at this point it's expected, and so I feel like it's not even worth giving either one of them man in the match if they, <laughs> if they don't score or assist, because like... We've now been spoiled with kind of that that expectation um, up until Man City that that would happen every match. So yeah. I'll, I'll go with that. I'll, I'll just say Dubrovka because I obviously he gave up the two penalties, but other than that, he had a very solid match, no real mistakes, and a, a lot of dangerous, a lot of dangerous chances for Watford, especially with all the set pieces they started to get in the second half. Yeah, I'm gonna give mine to Lascelles. Uh, had a huge clearance, was a beast in the air. Um, the, I mean, there's not saying much. Um, yeah, yeah. We have I to mean, shout out Bill Linton. A lot of people had a good. Ha- everyone had kind of a good half and a terrible one. Um, the, according to who scored, the only player to receive a seven or higher was Dwight Gale. Uh, and that was, I mean, there's a big goal assisted there. Uh, so who is your worst player? Oh, uh, I won't say Fabian Chair because. I know who mine is, and it's Javier Manquillo. All right, but then I'll say Fabian Chair. <laughs> I, I just don't get it's it anymore. Really, like, Javier Manquillo is bad today. Okay, Javier Manquillo at least had a good 25 minutes. Fabian Chair had... I wouldn't even argue that. The first 25 minutes of the match, I would say Javier Manquillo was fine. You even mentioned that he had a decent first half. He had, he had one of the worst second halves of all time. I will give you that. But I'm telling you, Fabian Chair had a good... 10 minutes that was it it was 10 minutes like he literally was like oh these guys good for 10 minutes and then he immediately like made a mistake as a cdm so i mean and part of it is definitely not his fault but then also like in the first half especially with the 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 pace that we that that was like that the pace of the match he definitely could have he could have worked a little bit harder to, to close down some guys especially with how slow the match was kind of moving and how in control newcastle were for the majority of it I don't know. I just I can't stand him playing in that central midfield role. So you, Steve Bruce needs to do something to to basically do something to ease my concerns, Steve. If you're listening, please do something. All right, we're gonna take a break. We're going to preview shortly our match against Spurs coming up midweek, and we'll do that right now. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Don't settle for an old Gmail address. Show your true colours with your personalised at ToonArmy.com email address to use in-app or on the web. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. All right, Elijah, we're playing Spurs. Spurs yep. suck. We kind of suck. Uh, how's the lineup looking for you? <laughs> um, I, I probably could see Jamal LaSalle's not being in the lineup. Just because I think he's injured. Um, other than that, probably largely unchanged. Um, and I would hope that there's something, there's someone new in the midfield 
as much as like I mean, even if it's Bentaleb, even if it's Maddie Longstaff, you just you cannot go another match playing Fabian Sher in the midfield. It's just it's just not an experiment that's worked. And at least with Bentaleb, we've seen some bright spots with him paired alongside Shelby. Now him paired alongside anyone else has been absolutely awful, but him paired alongside Shelby has been somewhat productive at times. There's a good ebb and flow of them getting forward and back. So maybe we see him in, in there. Maddie Longstaff could be, but we just need to make sure Maddie Longstaff's disciplined. Um, but I just don't see Cher being being in that lineup, and I feel like that, I feel like that's going to be the only change. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't. Whatever. I mean, I'm I'd love sure to see Lazaro sure. there, but then again, see Bruce hates Lazaro and Matt Ritchie he had a great him. match, so um, yeah. <laughs> it won't be Lazaro. <laughs> All right, then let, let's talk about what Newcastle have to do to win. Um, my thoughts here are this. If Newcastle would win this match if if we give the ball to St. Maximin. So uh, Spurs is having this really weird style conflict of issue thing with Mourinho, and it's been kind of just happening all season. I mean, they're, are they in the top 10? Did they just drop out? Are they 11th now? Um, uh, they're like – I mean, they went from Champions League final 10th. to – they're in tenth. They went Champions League final to kind of kind of trash, um, and I think you got to start Danny Rose and you got to just get the ball to St. Maximin because I don't think anybody really just wants to. Wait, can we start Danny time. Rose? Oh crap, we can't. There you oh, go. That was dumb by me. There, there's the lineup change. Emil Kraft at right back, or. Yeah. Or you you really mess with him, yeah, and you Dang, and you and you do the same thing, kind of Danny Rose, but you you make it even more interesting. You start DeAndre Yedlin at right back, a little revenge game for mm, them giving him a shot go. at being in the Premier League. It's not really that much revenge, but I mean, yeah, sure, why not? I really would not mind just seeing Alan Saint Maximin just torch Sissoko in every possible direction. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's going to be fun to watch. Uh, so that that's the way I would outlet it to him and make him and just have everybody run into the box. Maybe well, definitely start Dwight Gale because you got to you got to play the hot hand. You do. Uh, okay. Because uh, the funny your, thing about the, the, sorry, the funny thing about Dwight Gale starting and playing the hot hand is that like Dwight Gale really hasn't done much to even earn any of these goals. And that's the that's the funniest thing about all of this is that like he hasn't like gone out and just cut in and scored a banger. He didn't do a yeah. Mikel Antonio today, which was just absurd. Hey, that doesn't matter, right? It doesn't like, matter. Put the ball in the net. Yeah. We paid 40 mil for two goals. Like, And Dwight Gale is just... Hey, 20 mil a goal, himself. I'll take that. <laughs> it's a good deal. Yeah, so that means we could pay like 400 mil and get more? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, how, how do you think we, we win this one? Oh, we, we end... You said, how do you think we win? Oh, like... Okay, I thought you were asking for my prediction, um, but we're still doing it. How do you think? I think it's similar to you. I think it's all about attacking the back line. Um, I think it's one of those things where I feel like Newcastle generally have the ability to, to handle the attack, especially with the right midfield. So as long as you're able to to get some pacey individuals, giving Ben Davies and Serge Aurier and Toby Alderweireld and Vertonghen some trouble, especially with Alderweireld and Vertonghen, if they if they go with that as their center back pairing, which I feel like they have since the restart, um, those two guys are slow. So if you get some pacey individuals, really forcing them out of position and, and creating some space for others, I think it could be a pretty uh, good showing for uh, for Newcastle. 
by that I mean a one-one draw. Oh, that's my prediction. I, so five thirty-eight says Spurs have a fifty percent chance to win, twenty-five percent chance to loot for Newcastle to win, and twenty-five percent chance for a draw. And I'm gonna side with five thirty-eight. I think Spurs beat us two 0 Interesting, you say that. Uh, they've won four out of the last five at St. James's Park, and Mourinho, despite his struggles, might be better than Steve Bruce. Nope. Um, okay, let's. Uh, do, is there any news things for you? I have a uh, in memoriam that I'd like to talk about. Okay, go ahead. Wait, wait. Um, before we get serious, I just want to point out Steve Bruce is actually just going to watch that Spurs documentary and get like the inside mm-hmm. dirt as to like how we can beat Spurs. And that's how we'll do it. But we're if still he has time, because he he could be writing another book. You oh never know. gosh, you're right. I didn't think about that. World yeah. world acclaimed author Steve Bruce. <laughs> um. So the death of former Newcastle United manager and England 1966 World Cup winner Jack Charlton was confirmed Saturday morning. Um. He passed away 85 years old, native of Ashington. He passed away at his home on Friday. Uh. His his season in charge at St. James's Park came about following our promotion from Division Two in 1984, uh, and it saw our manager, previous manager Arthur Cox resign and uh, follow Kevin Keegan down Barrack Road. Mm-hmm. But um, rest in peace to Jack. Good dude. Served many clubs, uh, and we'll miss him. Yeah, and from what I've That's seen it. from all the the fans pouring in post just a stand-up guy even after his career is over and he was completely retired just one of the nicest guys people will come across in in the wild per se and just yeah. really nice stand-up dude so yes r.i.p for reals yeah he managed at borough sheffield wednesday um and he was reported the i mean he was appointed the manager of ireland as well yeah um so yeah so rest in peace jack a uh, couple other just odds and ends is Premier League date start date is looking like the weekend of September 12th. Um, and then there's some other Newcastle weird news. Um, Newcastle Blue Star, non-league side, they've added a familiar face to the back room, and that's Lee Clark. He has become their director of football. So interesting to see. Let, let's all root for Newcastle Blue Star for sure. Uh, also, Blaise Spartans, uh, who separated with Clark, uh, they signed Kenny Wharton to be the manager there. And then former Magpie midfielder has accepted an off-field role. Uh, David McCreary was named the vice president of Al-Sahil Football Club. It's a newly formed club, and they will play in the second division of the United Arab Emirates League. Oh, that's all I got for you. Um, you I'd just like to add, uh, Greg, this podcast is, and by the way, if you guys are getting bored of watching Newcastle, um, please tune into the championship because the top three in the championship have all just been killing it uh, the past few few days. And uh, Brentford is in third right now. Um, I want to mm-hmm. say they're third. And so we're rooting for them. This podcast is a Brentford FC podcast because, one, it marries a couple things we love. For example, um, their co-director of football, Phil Phil Giles, is a Newcastle fan, or maybe it's Giles. He's a Newcastle fan. That enough should be everything that like that should be enough to let you know that this podcast is pro Brentford. We're all about Brentford. Shout out Brentford. Yep. But yep. also, 
he is like all about the analytics. Like he literally has made Brentford the way they are because he's been scouting almost purely through like analytics and, and using advanced scouting. And it's just that, that stuff we respect and stuff we appreciate. And in addition to that, he's also helped build a really solid academy. So these are all things that we enjoy, things we value. So Greg, I'm just going to say we're a Brentford podcast. Yeah, we're, we're going to, uh, we want them to come up so that way we can beat them twice. Uh, or not, because that's not... I was going to say, they'll, they'll, um, they'll probably beat us twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> All right, well, that concludes episode 141 of CHN Radio. I'm your host, Greg Troxel. That's the best damn coast in the land, Elijah Newsome. And we have a new song for you. You might know it as Mickey Almiron. It's <laughs> tribute. Uh, so I hope you're enjoying this song right now. Um, but let's get three points next week and hoy the last. Love you guys. I woke up this morning with some random misses. Heavy asshole and even heavier drinker. Looking through me phone, don't wanna frame those pictures. Then it hit me like a lightning, like it's game day, bitches. I kicked the missus out or the other way around. Actually, she kicked herself out when she drank my rum. I had a quick shower, called said hello to my mom. Tune top on and then straight to the pop singing. I went to play the races, was on the 9th of June. In 1862, and I saw myself in I took the bus from Barbara, so she was heavy laden. We went along, got it was sweet, on the road to play. Someone stopped me on the street and told me about this weed who changed his name to Newcastle. A crazy man indeed. I said, That's me, dad. And the man himself, he weed into strawberry bar, and I was drinking for free. Yes. Hey, Miggy. Hey. Miggy, I'm a run. Miggy, Miggy, I'm a run. On the run. Yeah. Hey, Miggy. Miggy, I'm a run. Miggy, Miggy, I'm a run. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, Miggy.